Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. And we are in Proverbs chapter 5. Chapter 5. Fire swept through the plains and burned down the farmer's barn. While he surveyed the wreckage, his wife called their insurance company and asked them to send a check for $75,000 in the amount <clears throat> of insurance that was on the barn. They said, ma'am, we don't give money. Uh, we replace the barn and all the equipment in it. In that case, she said, cancel the policy I have on my husband. Have <laughs> uh, you found Proverbs chapter 5? I want to remind everyone also of uh, Celebrate Recovery that takes place here every Monday night. Starts at 6.30 where they have dinner together here at the house. Pastor Everett and Nancy, y'all stand up. Let everybody get a good look. Well, especially Nancy. No, Everett, you stay down. You're not all that handsome. And Nancy, stand up and represent the family. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're, they're running a wonderful ministry. And, uh, for, and we've had like, some wonderful testimonies already coming out of this dynamic ministry. And I don't want to personally tell both of you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you're doing here on Monday nights for this church, for this city. It's tremendous. God bless you and your, your great work. Amen. So anybody's welcome to come at any time. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1. My son, pay attention. Now we've talked about that part uh, in detail. Pay attention, that is, Listen to understand so that when you understand, you obey, right? Listen, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding. Remember when I told you that, that uh, most scholars agree that David wrote the first six or seven chapters of the book of Proverbs, and then Solomon took it from there, all right? <clears throat> and the, because the language changes, I think actually about chapter 8, the language changes. It's not addressing his son anymore, all right? Lend your ear to my understanding. Remember we talked about stretching, stretching your ear. Uh, that you may preserve discretion. Discretion simply means good sense. And don't make too little of good sense. If you have good sense, thank God for it. You know, the older I get, the more I have learned that common sense isn't really all that common anymore. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's the truth. And your lips may keep what your lips may keep knowledge for the lips of an immoral immoral what say it loud ladies for the lips of an now I want to give you the word for immoral here this word's main meaning is adultery all right or an adulterous woman but it doesn't it's not gender specific actually it can be an adulterous woman or an adulterous man, all right? But because it's a father talking to his son, it's a woman in that case, right? But, but also it can <clears throat> uh, uh, represent that a form of doctrine that would try to woo you from wisdom, to try to keep you from the wisdom of God. Now, Paul warns us of that many times. In Galatians, wow. He tells exactly what he thinks ought to happen to those who are spreading that nonsense, right? And uh, so we, you, have to, you have to 
understand the language of this, to keep your guard up. Uh, it, listen to this. Listen to the, the language of this. Uh, where am I? Yeah, okay, there we are. Sorry. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried wormwood before. Has anyone in here ever tried wormwood? I'm the only one in this building that has tried wormwood. I don't recommend it. And I want to thank Everett Barnhill for introducing me to Wormwood. He's not here tonight. I thought he, he called me earlier and told me he was going to be here. He got it. He was coming in late from San Antonio, so they might not have been able to make it tonight. But when I went to India, he told me, he said, uh, he said, you need to go to the health store and get this thing called Wormwood, this stuff called Wormwood. It comes in drops, and if you'll drop some of that in your mouth every day or so, uh, you won't get sick. What it is, it's a, it's a bacteria, but it's a good bacteria, and it'll, it'll eat the bad bacteria. So I said, all right. So I went over and bought that little bottle for like 25 bucks. And I'm thinking, this stuff better taste like pepperoni pizza, you know. Better be really good. No. I'm telling you, I don't even know how to explain the taste of this stuff. But it's powerfully bitter. And it Put it on your tongue, and you wish to God you hadn't done that. I lived in regret for 14 days. But let me tell you something. I never got sick. I didn't take any shots. I didn't take any pills or anything to prevent malaria or any of that kind of stuff. I just took that little bottle of wormwood in my faith. Hallelujah. And I took it every day saying, thank you, Lord. And I never got sick. And I understand. I understand why. That bad bacteria didn't have a chance. He didn't have a chance. I was glad that my guts could handle it. <laughs> but... Uh, but listen to me. It says that in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged. Let me tell you how the message reads. I love the way the message reads. This says, it says, but it won't be long before she's gravel in your mouth, a pain in your gut, and a wound in your heart. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. Whew. This is not good. This is not a good person. This is not a good company to keep. Amen? Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable. We talked about being unstable in a series on Sundays, didn't we? When we went to the book of James. The double-minded man, he who doubts, is unstable. Her ways are unstable because she's, she's in the world of doubt. She's getting you to question truth and wisdom Come out here with me. It's so fun. It's wonderful. It, it says, you do not know them. <laughs> Message says, she hasn't a clue about real life. Real life being capitalized. She hasn't a clue about real life, about who she is or where she's going. Now, it could be a literal man or a woman trying to get you to be immoral or the wisdom of the world trying to pull you away from the wisdom of God. All right? Verse 7, therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. I think this is extraordinary. Verse 8, remove your way far. Everybody say far. far. Far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you give honor to others and your years to the cruel one. Now, this is interesting. Notice how, I mean, these first few chapters of, of Proverbs, we see 
Wisdom is speaking, all right? And it's continually talking about distancing yourself from bad company, from bad thinking, from bad speaking, getting away from it and clinging to wisdom, clinging to understanding, clinging to truth. Remember we talked about don't take the wicked bypass? Don't take wicked bypass, right? Staying away from it and, 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 and staying a long way from it is the language of it. Not even, not even entertaining. My dad taught me and my brother years ago about boundaries in, in our life. And he just drew a circle on a piece of paper. He said, let's say this is the boundary. And outside of that, outside of that line there, that's where the devil is. That's where, that's where life gets tough for you. That's where sin is. That's, so you have this boundary. And then he drew another circle on the inside of that circle. He said, if you'll make this your boundary, you'll never have to worry about that. You never have to worry about that other line. Just get inside it. That's, that's the language of a father to a son who's trying to bring wisdom to his son. I appreciate that. I'm not, I'm not saying I always did it, but I appreciate it. Amen. It's good advice, though. So. <laughs> it, it is true. Now, we're going to see. We're going to see what, what the life is like for a person who doesn't take that kind of advice as we progress in this chapter. The message says, you don't want to squander your wonderful life to waste your precious life among the hard-hearted. Mm-hmm. You really do have a wonderful life. Life with Jesus is wonderful. Amen. It's extraordinary. It's precious. So it really, I don't, I don't care how good the wisdom of the world looks. I don't care how much that bozo, how many times he tells you he loves you. Huh? I don't care how flattering she sounds to you. Just don't go there. Are you hearing me tonight? Can I help you tonight? I know I'm talking to the choir, but you can pass this on to other knuckleheads. All right? All right? Oh, but pastor, this chick is hot. She's, I know. I know she's hot. I know. But she's got, she's going to be gravel in your mouth. And she's going to be a pain in your stomach. And she's going to be a wound in your heart. And you're going to wish to God you'd never met her. <laughs> right? Huh? It's true. And I hope none of you are here tonight thinking, I don't like these verses. Because <laughs> if you don't like it at this point, you're, you're not going to survive Proverbs. But I'm telling you, we're really just getting into this. It's the truth. This is one of the main themes of this book. All right? And you're going to hear it. If you're going to come here, you're going to hear it. So like it. Even if it tastes like wormwood. <laughs> Amen. And, and think about this. Isn't it interesting that the guy who wrote this, the guy who's telling his son this, is the guy who has experienced this. King David is not just some Sunday school boy. This guy's been out there and done it. Right? Yeah, see, the brother knows what he's talking about. He knows about gravel. He could tell you stories. Amen. Verse 10, lest aliens or strangers be filled by your wealth 
and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. Hmm. Now, you know what? There are some guys out there, and ladies, but it's usually the guy who think they're just so slick they'll never get caught. Right? They just think they're so smooth. Oh, he can't be talking about, oh. <clears throat> and, it, and, and been doing it for years and think that nobody, nobody will ever know. They'll never get caught. But you know, let me tell you something. If the President of the United States couldn't keep it hid, You're going to get caught. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Verse 11. And you mourn at last. Listen to this. And you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed. Oh, yeah, now they're crying. When they've lost their family, now they're crying. When they've lost their health, now they're crying. Remember the, remember the song by the journey? Who's crying now? Yeah. Yeah, they lost their, their job, they lost their career, lost their stuff. Yeah, oh, now they're boo-hooing. Verse 12, and say, how I have hated instruction, and my heart despised correction. The message really says it well here. Oh, why didn't I do what they told me? Pastor John, if you had $100 for every time you heard someone say that in all your ministry years, you would be a wealthy, wealthy man, wouldn't you? All you preachers, you, know, you I mean, everybody really, but especially you who counsel people and hear them all the time, Brother Kip, every, yeah, yeah it's, it's true. Think about the building, pro, how fast we get our building built if we got $100 for every time somebody said that. Why? I mean, I've had them come to, Pastor, I don't know why I didn't listen. You told me, I don't know why I didn't listen to you. Listen to me. All right. Okay. I don't know why you did it either. But get back on the highway and don't take wicked bypass anymore. Amen? Amen. Ah, that's what I love about living for the Lord. He makes all things new. Anybody here grateful for the mercy and grace of Almighty God tonight? Grateful for that He was more than just, gave you more than just a second chance? I needed that today. <laughs> Amen. He's a God of new beginnings. Every morning that sun comes up, that's there to remind you God's mercies are brand new today. He has enough mercies for today, and He'll have enough mercies tomorrow when that sun comes up again. Thank the Lord. Now, verse 13. I have, this, is the, this is the guy moaning and crying, all right? I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Now, the message says, I haven't one blessing, one blessed thing to show for my life. Whew. It's tough, tough, tough living right there. I haven't one blessed thing. Now, many, many years ago, I did a funeral for a man who lived into his 70s and passed away. And I gathered with the family to get, Pastor John taught me to do this, and a funeral time to gather with the family and get some of their favorite stories of the loved one. And it helps with the family when I can stand up there and speak for them. And I, I really enjoy that part of it. 
And so we were gathered around the kitchen table this night. Pastor John was supposed to do the funeral, but he called me, and it was the very first funeral I ever did. All right? He called me because he was out of town, and I said, I need you to go bury this man. And I was like, I've never done that. Got to start sometime, son. So I gather with this family, and I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking them, tell me, what's your favorite story? And they're all like, now they're not doing like this because there's so many wonderful stories. They're doing this because they're trying to figure out one good thing to say. All right? So a son says, oh, uh, um, we, went, we went, went out one day and we picked poke salad. Anybody eat poke salad in here before? Yeah. Went out and picked some wild poke salad. He said, and, and our pickup uh, ran out of gas and we were on an incline. And, and me and my mom uh, uh, got in the, in the truck and my dad pushed the truck up the hill. Man, I thought he was so strong. He said, that's it. That's your best memory. Okay. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then uh, a daughter said, she said, oh, I remember one day, oh, daddy, he was such a grouch. And um, uh, we were on our way home from school. He picked me up from school, and there was a little mangy stray dog that, that was following me around. I said, daddy, can I take him home? He said, no, you can't take that stupid dog home. And she said, daddy, please. And she said, I begged him, and he was hollering at me, no, we're not taking that dog home. And then finally he let me. your best story okay I'm not I'm not exaggerating this at all and then his wife said one day we got up early one uh, one morning and we went out to the lake and we fed the ducks that was a pretty good day uh, and it wasn't a great day it was a pretty good day all right man lived 70 something years and this is what he has a show for <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have something to give. You have something to show. Are you hearing me today? That you have the spirit of life of the life of uh, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has made you free from the law of sin and death. Right? You have the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you. You have been created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You are His workmanship now. Right? You have a lot. To give. So while you are still breathing, while you're between born and died, let your life count. Make a difference. Are you hearing me? Don't let those who love you let out a huge sigh of relief when you leave. Say things like, I thought he would never die. Verse 15. Drink water from your own cistern. That is not plural for sisters or for sister. That's when we were in Bible school, we say brethren and cistern. Drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets? Well, he just went into this poetic talk, didn't he? What is he talking about here? Let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Verse 18, this might sum it up for you. Let your fountain be blessed. 
and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Did you get it? Did you get it? Don't let your fountain be dispersed abroad. Did you get it? All right. I'm not going to go any further than that. There's tender ears in here, I'm sure. Amen. Verse 19, as a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breast, that is the, that is the breast of who? Your wife. Satisfy you at all times. And all the men said, amen. And always be, listen to this, and always be enraptured with her love. Always be enraptured with her love. Always be enraptured with her love. Let me say it again. Always be enraptured with her love. Praise God. Why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? Once again, spoken by a man with experience. Verse 21, for the ways of man, not me, David. For the, for the ways of man, verse 21, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all his, listen to this, for the ways of man are before the, What? And he, see, his, the guy that thinks, oh, nobody sees me. Pfft, you are so wrong. There are two huge eyes looking at you. Amen? Verse 22, his own iniquities. Let me give you the meaning of the word iniquity here. It's really something. Sin that is particularly evil, since it strongly conveys the idea of twisting or perverting deliberately. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. I like the way Larry Huck says it. The transgressions are the things that are outside. Bled out. The bruising is the bleeding on the inside for that twisting in your own life those thoughts that you have, those wicked thoughts that, are you hearing me? You bled inside so he could blood covered every part of your life, inside and out, the transgression and the iniquity. I mean, even in our courts of law, we recognize there are different levels of crimes people commit. There's first-degree murder, second-degree murder, third degree, manslaughter, you know, like that. Look at look, his own, verse 22, his own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. Man, oh man. All right, we're going to continue to move forward. Now, I'm, I'm trying to speed up some of this, uh, uh, put these together a little quicker. Ver the first four chapters of Proverbs, I'm telling you, I could preach till Jesus comes. They're extraordinary. So I realized that I was actually doing that, so I'm going to try to speed up a little bit, all right? All right can, you, can you handle some more before we dismiss? All right, just, just a couple more minutes. Verse 1 of chapter 6, my son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, what's he talking about here? Everybody say co-signing. All right, okay. You, he says, if you do that, verse 2, you are snared by the words of your mouth. 
You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself, for you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. What's he saying? Don't co-sign. Well, there's so much practical living here in this book. I wish that I had read that a long time ago before I became surety for someone. Or maybe I had read it and just didn't do it. Don't co-sign. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you that. You can do it if you want. You really can. But understand, when you do it, you have chosen to put yourself in a trap. And if you are a dad, you have children, wife, you trap all them too. Amen. Listen, I just want to read those some of those verses from the message. Dear friend, if you've gone into hock with your neighbor or locked yourself into a deal with a stranger, if you've impulsively promised the shirt off your back and now find yourself shivering out in the cold, friend, don't waste a minute. Get yourself out of that mess. <laughs> That's pretty clear, isn't it? So don't deceive yourself and think that you're the exception to the rule. Are you hearing me? Don't think that you're the exception to the rule. I promise you this. You're not smarter than the Bible. All right? Amen. This is wisdom talking here. I don't care how much they cry. I don't care what story they give you. Don't sign. Why is it so quiet? Everybody co-signed in here before? Hey, you're not alone. Still paying on it. Amen. Verse 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. My goodness. <laughs> go to the ant, you sluggard. Now, let me give you the word for sluggard. Lazy person. Now, I know this applies to none of you, but you probably know this person. Lazy person who always fails. Those that want nothing and get nothing. A person that takes no initiative. Look, not to the right or to the left right now. Someone who doesn't do their tasks on time. Honey, you didn't even hear that, all right? <laughs> you didn't even hear that. A person, as I'm, as I'm writing these things out, I'm going, oh, my gosh. Heather's going to be there tonight. Okay, a person, <laughs> a person who will not work and create imaginary excuses not to do it. Amen. You ever worked with that guy? Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways. Listen, consider her ways and be wise. Which having no captain, overseer, or ruler provides or prepares her supplies in the summer. She doesn't have to have somebody standing over her making sure she's getting the job done. Nobody telling her what to do. She's preparing for the future. And you know what? She's doing it in the summer. And that word for summer is scorching heat. So she's not even worried about the diff how difficult the situation is. She just gets to the task. She gets the job done. Amen. Amen. 
just gets the job done. And when all the other little animals are out there in the middle of summer and they're getting under shade trees and they're hiding from the sun, what's the ant doing? It's working. You ever seen an ant resting, sleeping? Hmm? They're working all the time, right? And no excuses for the ant. Gathers her food in the harvest. Gathers her food in the harvest. Why? Because, oh, sorry, wrong place. So, so we understand by this that, that we have seasons in our life, right? And wintertime is not harvest time. That's time to be enjoying your harvest that you've stored up, right? We know harvest is not that. So get it, let me just say it like this, get it while the, the getting is good, right? Amen? And while you can do it, while, while you're young and strong, storing up that money, hmm? setting yourself up a good future. For the later times in life. That's the wisdom of God. Amen. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Can you see it? A little sleep, a little slumber. So shall your, listen, this is what happens when you have that mentality. Verse 11, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. The message says you can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. So take advantage of the opportunities God gives you. Don't rely on your supervisor to tell you every move to make. Well, what do you want me to do now, boss? What do you want me to do now? Hmm? Let them catch you in the act of working. Oh, there's a thought. Right? Now what? Anybody have kids in here? Kids are not very good at doing extra cleaning. And we found that out. Found that they're not, they're not doing, uh, uh, just taking it upon themselves. You know what? All right. Mom told me to do this, but I see a greater need here. And I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and do the entire house. <laughs> you have to manage every stinking move you know it's like okay if you say wash five dishes and there are six they're gonna wash five even if there's a six dirty one right there they're not gonna hmm? so what does that tell you about someone who works that way they're childish they're immature yeah. right <laughs> like I said I'm not talking to anybody here because you came to church on Wednesday night take initiative work hard whether you are alone or you're with others. Amen? Let, let me tell you what Colossians says. You know why, though? Why do we need to do that? Why is that important? Because those two eyes are on you all the time. God is watching. You're not, you don't belong to yourself. Your life is not your own. The Bible says you've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. You don't have a right to just do whatever you want. Right? You only have a right to do what God called you to do. Colossians 3.23 says, and whatever you do, everybody say whatever. Whatever you do, do it with your heart as to the Lord and not to men. Because if you please the Lord, you'll please men. When you please the Lord, you'll please men. Proverbs 3.4, we looked at that earlier. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Amen. And listen to me, and don't measure the importance of the job or the task. Don't measure the importance of the task by your level of effort that you expend. Just always 
Whatever you do, do it with your heart. You'll all, you'll, you'll, your life will always go in a good direction. Because I promise you, you, you might not think something is important. Anybody married in here? You might not think that this job is so important, but your wife or husband thinks that it is everything. Right? So that's why you cannot measure the importance by what energy you're willing to expend on it. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, I'll leave you with this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So when you commit it all to the Lord, you're working for the Lord. You don't have to get a, you don't have to get a full-time job in, in full-time ministry. You just commit your life to always be working for the Lord. Whether you're pumping gas, you're sweeping the floor, you're changing, it doesn't matter. You're working for Him. And that way your work never goes in vain. It always will reap benefits. Always reap dividends. Amen? All right, let's stand together. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.